Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here we go. Welcome to Xbox Newscast, or XNC. I'm your host, Colt Eastwood, and I've got two incredibly awesome and uh, well-known figures in the gaming community. I've got IGN's managing uh, director and editor and everything. <laughs> he's, got, he's got an official title, which you'll get to. We've got Destin Legary, who also Hi, is running, running his own YouTube, YouTube channel, like from fresh and already uh, reaching the stratosphere. And also, uh, just below him, uh, holding down the fort, we've got Paris from Kind of Funny XCast, and of course his Paris channel. Say hi, Paris. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Excited for this. All right, so I've got a new show here, and we are live on the Colt Eastwood YouTube channel, but we're also streaming on demand on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, and a couple other strange places where it drops in uh, if you're looking for it. But welcome to the chat. We've got a couple hundred people watching as we get going. Uh, Destin. How are you doing today? Great. <laughs> doing okay today. Yeah. Uh, lots of stuff going on today. How are yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Um, what have you been playing? Have you been keeping yourself busy Mass with Effect. stuff that's actually fun? Mass Effect. Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Uh, it's on right now. I can see it on my confidence monitor right there. Ready to be played. I, uh, I'm i a completionist when it comes yes. to that game. I follow the checklist. I do all the side quests, even the Mako stuff. And... Uh, yeah, I'm pretty far along. I'm digging it. So you're knee deep into Mass Effect One. You are a, a real bona fide Spectre veteran. You're you're going from the beginning. Uh, yeah. So I diamonded. I guess that's what it's called on Xbox. <laughs> I diamonded the original back in the day, and uh, I'm working on doing the same for Legendary Edition on Mass Effect One. They took away the insanity achievement, so it's going to be a lot oh. easier. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they they reduce like how many missions you need to do with your squad mates and everything. Man, I've been I've been I love the game. Uh, I think they did a pretty fantastic job with this remaster. And uh, yeah, I'm thinking. Are you guys playing? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, hundred yeah. percent, absolutely. <laughs> Paris, is that what you've been doing to keep yourself happy and smiling? Oh yeah, yeah. Mass Mass Effect Two. I I skip uh, Mass Effect One. I jump straight to Two because it's just That's, one of my favorite games. Oh, ever. we've got an argument in coming. Oh. <laughs> Emmy One is the one they put all the work into. I I know. 
I know they did, but I, I, I'm just a Mass Effect Two fan. That that's my game, so right. I, I just skipped right. directly to to that, and I've just been basking in the glory of its greatness. I mean, I just I just love the storyline. I loved the the whole Dirty Dozen going into the Omega Four relay, the elusive man introducing Miranda. Just just everything about Mass Effect Two just really grabbed me at that time. So oh, it's yeah. it's been refreshing to come back to that because. And you you tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think and you can include three in this as well, but I don't think they've really made an RPG like that since, in my opinion. Not this grabbed me this way, where it got me on that emotional level. You had the action, just everything that Mass Effect brought, this this sci-fi world. I mean, they obviously tried with Andromeda, but didn't work out too well. Mm-mm. But um, yeah. It's it's just it's fantastic. And and Destin, I probably will go back to Mass Effect one at some point for everything that you're saying, because they put so much work into it. But I had to go to the GOAT first. I had to go directly to to my favorite game. So, yeah, Mass Effect two is like one of the best games that we've played in probably 10, 15 years. It's up there. Sure is. Yeah, I always say Mass Effect 1 is the best story. Mass Effect two is the best mix of gameplay and story. Yeah. And then Mass Effect three is best gameplay. And like they sort of all sort of do this. But if you want to, if you play one, then uh, like a single one of the games, <laughs> I would play Mass Effect 2. I phrase that poorly, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I've played so much that one, two, and three kind of meld into this one full experience of uh, mm-hmm. my Commander Shepard, female or male. And uh, yeah, see, uh, Paris, you have to go in at least check out um, the, some of the fixes. Like they tightened up the reticle. Right. You're shooting yeah. and then you can kind of see the projectile coming out of the weapon and then there's a hit indicator with white x's and all of that together make takes that like ghosting feel of the shooting uh because it was still really great mm-hmm. um there's a super chat in here so, rdx son of a fet says zocker's a fraud i don't know if zocker's in here but a, a good <laughs> friend and uh he likes to be called a fraud but yeah mass effect's amazing uh, i've uh, i've got 38 hours in it already I'm, yeah, I'm probably about there also. Are you are you starting with the first one? And oh yeah, uh, yeah. male or femme chef? Uh, yeah, I've got Colt Shepard. I spend like 20 <laughs> minutes Shepherd. making him look like me uh, with more hair because they don't have like a tall forehead <laughs> like me. But um, yeah, it's great. I've done I've done this so many times. I think I've beat Mass Effect one four times. So the weird thing is, it's been 14 years since it came out or something like that, and I'm playing it, and half the game is almost kind of new again. So I can't wait to get into two. It's so awesome. So what what a surprise. Uh, Faisal Ashan says, love the guests. Well, of course, you got Destin Paris here. Paris uh, aspect ratio seems to be off. Well, he's a little bit stretched, but. Yeah, I was I was wondering about that because that's why I stood up a second ago. I was looking at my camera going, did I have it on the wrong setting? But yeah, I don't I don't know why. Yeah, well, my man Dante Moody is in the is in the super chat. He says, I missed my bros first show last week, but I'm here for the live show with Paris and Destin at that. Congrats, fam. Uh, he's a cool guy. Follow that guy on Twitter. He's uh, he's always respectful, and he always has something he enjoys about gaming. So, um, okay, so that's what we've been playing. We're all we're all playing Mass Effect. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm expecting that that's going to hold us over until uh, E3 happens, and then uh, Ratchet and Clank. Hey, uh, let's talk about Ratchet and Clank real quick. It's not even on the topic list, but we're excited. Destin, yeah, Ratchet and Clank looks awesome. Insomniac's like a, a incredible studio. That's just a stellar work. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what else to say. Like, I love Ratchet and Clank. I, I, I remember the original came out about the same time as Sly Cooper, and mm-hmm. at the time I was like, "Oh man, Sly Cooper is so amazing." Then Ratchet and Clank came out, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, that's better." <laughs> They're both great, but like, I definitely yeah. uh, love Killer Studio. 
love uh, Ratchet and Clank just because of the the zaniness of all of the weapons. So, oh, Paris, what's gonna what what's going to change with Rift Apart? What do you what are you expecting? Yeah, so I, I got to preview Ratchet and Clank. Um, Somniac, uh had had an event a couple weeks ago, so I got to check it out. Shameless plug. Go to my YouTube oh, channel. Well, you can you yeah. Can well, tell us tell us about what happened. Yeah. Like yeah. They so invited you. What did you do? So they showed us about ah, it was about thirty five minutes of new gameplay. Which if you've seen some of the B roll that's out there right now, that was cut from that. Um, they also had four breakout sessions with the development team at Somniac. Kind of went over the story, you know, building the world. Obviously, some of the technical features of taking advantage of the PlayStation Five, and uh, also talking about the music um, that's in there. And it's like Destin saying, if you look at the the game. The, if you've seen some of that 4K gameplay footage they have out there, I mean, this is this is Pixar quality at this point. Oh, yeah. it, it might be the best looking video game I think I've ever seen. But I think what compels me the most about it is, yes, you have that whole tool set of all the wacky weapons that we've come to expect with Ratchet and Clank. But introducing Rivet, and we're just talking about Mass Effect with Jennifer Hale, Femship, shout out to her. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't even, you wouldn't even know it's her. Um, that's just how good her oh, performance is. Oh, it's Jennifer is. Hale that's voicing her? That is Jennifer Hale. And she's awesome. She's, She's fantastic. And um, I, I loved with the now that we have these dimensions, they're bringing in characters we already know, but you're seeing them in a different light. And that's kind of almost the yin and yang of Ratchet and Rivet, where they're they're obviously both both of the same species. But Ratchet is now more more experienced. He's more of a veteran. He's always had Clank by his side, whereas Rivet has always been this. She's more compulsive. She's always been alone fighting Emperor Nefarious in, in her dimension compared to Ratchet with Dr. Nefarious. And this this whole relationship that you're seeing her build just in the gameplay footage we mm -hmm. saw with her and Clank, because it, it's brand new. So you kind of listen to the banter, but then you get into the actual gameplay loop with the different weapons. And, and it's just so you could tell, even though I didn't have hands on, just by watching the gameplay, you know it's going to be so much fun cycling through the different weapons and trying different scenarios, going up against the enemies. And then you introduce the rifts as well, which is going to introduce a new gameplay mechanic because say you're in a boss fight, you're fighting in one direction, you open a rift, and now it puts you on the other side of the map and you attack it from a different way. There's pocket dimensions, which are almost like side missions that, that you'll be able to do. There's Or traversal, yeah. Yeah, with it. yeah. And then I mean, you even saw it towards the end, the fixer, the, the big giant robot and some of the B-roll footage. Um, that was almost like a Shadow of the Colossus type moment, right? That yeah. Rivet, Rivet has. It's it's amazing. It's I mean June eleventh can't get here soon enough. I'm I'm, I'm telling it's Insomniac. I mean of course you know it's going to be a great game and everything that they showed us and talked about in the breakout sessions just just pretty much reaffirmed that for me. Yeah, I think that the uh, the riffs are going to be something that constantly like pop your eyes out and yep. and never stop surprising you. So I know Xbox guys are like, huh, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, a cartoon game for seventy bucks. It's like, come on, this is going to be Xbox probably, needs one. Yeah, this is going to be probably the most impressive looking Tunic, game that ps5 maybe? has out which one tunic tunic yeah uh, it's different different a little bit but i do think they are trying to get into that sort of genre where you know you have probably like teenagers and adults like us that'll be into a game like tunic and then um yeah like they're just trying to they're definitely going to try to get in that market i remember when the 360 launched and i played cameo you know, yes. and uh, that that was really neat. It was showing off a lot of the technology, like how many enemies could be on screen at once. And I'll say this about Ratchet and Clank. They're doing really interesting things with the technology of the game to showcase the abilities of the PlayStation 5. And I would love to see that from an Xbox studio. Yeah.
Yeah. Um, oh, complete. That that's one other thing about about Ratchet and Clank. How it's going to take advantage of using the dual sense and the haptic feedback. You know, the the uh, adaptable triggers as well as the 3D audio to really. They're calling it the most immersive game so yet to date on the PlayStation Five, and I could totally get it, especially after playing Returnal and how it used the dual sense controller. It gets me really excited to see how Ratchet and Clank kind of take advantage of it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, people are always asking about. You know, they're always value judging a game, like if they need to, if they want to buy it or hold off. And Nathaniel in the super chat, Nathaniel Johnson says, I'm having a hard time pulling the trigger on a $70 price tag because he's spoiled with Game Pass. He says, Do you guys think Resident Evil 8 or Mass Effect Legendary Edition are worth the money to buy full price right now? By full price, I assume he means $70 or $60. Yeah. Uh, but Resident Evil 8 and Mass Effect uh, Legendary are 60 I think, for everybody uh, on console. Well, Do you guys let, think those games are worth it right now? That's a difficult question for me to answer because it's worth is defined by the person making me purchase. I right. can't tell Paris what it's worth to him, like if he wants to spend $70 or not. But I can say, is it worth it to me? Yeah, Returnal's worth $70 to me because I spent 50 hours in the game, right? Ratchet and Clank is going to be worth $70 because it's going to be a phenomenal ins- insomniac experience. Um, I, I think there's a larger question about bang for your buck because xbox is keeping it at 60 dollars. you're getting more bang for your buck as opposed to sony who's been very clear hey we're going to go 70 dollars, and we still feel like you're getting an adequate value which i mean honestly it's true you're probably going to be in those worlds for we were just talking about mass effect right we've been in <laughs> mass effect for yeah. 30 hours is that worth 70 bucks? Well, if you break it down, yeah, it's worth 60, 70 bucks. Yeah, but there's a couple hundred a, hours there if you play. Oh, easily. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a tough pill to swallow. And it does mean there is a, an, a $10 more barrier to entry to play those games on PlayStation. Well, I played eight hour games, games for 60 bucks that were worth every penny. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's you got to know. You got to, you got to, I always tell people you can use Metacritic as long as you bounce it against. Uh, your favorite reviewers that you usually line up with and a couple of good friends that like the same type of games you like that you trust. Like you can't use one of those by themselves, but um, <laughs> I don't know. That's uh, let's see what we got here. Um, so let's talk about battlefield, uh, which is not coming up until the end of the year, but there was a little bit of a, a little outcry from fans who are upset that, the uh, Battlefield 6 is launching on the Xbox One and PS4. Paris, you think this is a problem? It's not a problem because we're so early in the generation. Um, I, I, you know, we kind of got duped when that article came out, making it seem like it was next gen only. And I did get excited about that. But mm-hmm. everyone said, no, that was misquoted. It's going to be, you know, on the previous gen consoles. I go, well, of course it is, because that's where the majority of people that are going to be able to play the game are still at. Not enough people have the next-gen consoles right now. And Battlefield, obviously, is a big game. We know Call of Duty is still going to have a presence on the last-gen last consoles as well. So it just makes a lot of sense that you, you're going to make sure your big tentpole game is where your audience is. I mean, when we even look at beyond just Battlefield, Halo Infinite still going to be on the Xbox One. Horizon Forbidden West is still going to be on the PlayStation 4 as examples. They're trying to make sure their big games still reach the majority of their audience. So... Not surprised at all. I mean, DICE is a 
phenomenal developer and I could and again knock on wood I'm I'm hoping they do this that they will still be able to take advantage of the PS5 and the Series X in some unique ways for those experiences but still be able to you know basically quote unquote downscale the game enough to bring it to the Xbox One and the PlayStation mm-hmm. 4 and and everyone there still has a great experience. I think a great example of this would be Miles Morales. Um, that yeah. was on the PlayStation 5. It was phenomenal on the PlayStation 5, but you could still play it on the PS4. So that that would kind of just be my thing. It, it's not a shock. And uh, hopefully it, it comes out to be a great experience on both platforms. Yeah. Destin, do you feel like uh, you're getting duped if they don't go full next gen, you know, all no holds barred on a, on a new game right now? How are you feeling about that? No, like, like Paris said, look at Miles Morales. That game runs... They optimized it for the base PlayStation 4, for the PlayStation 4 Pro, for the PlayStation 5, and it ran excellent on all of those platforms. Um, you know, if, if DICE is able to do that with this game, I'm not concerned with how it's going to run on those base platforms. That might just mean it runs at a lower base resolution, but that same targeted 60 fr- FPS frame rate for, for the modes where they want that frame rate, right? I feel like there's yeah. a lot of wiggle room within that that engine, especially if Dice is using it, Dice is the, the only, best. Yeah, Dice is the company that knows how to use Frostbite the best, better than anybody. And I mean, they did fine with the other games. So the other, like, go look at the last gen Battlefield. Does that look bad? No, that's exactly what I tell people. All, right? Yeah. So yeah, if you have a base Xbox One or PS4 and you've played Battlefield Four or Battlefield One, you know that game ran at sixteen. It looked great. Maybe it had some performance issues. Here and there, I mean, those games n- normally run pretty well. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it's anything to have an outcry about. I think people unrealistically want a full next-gen experience out the gate in the first year, and I think that just usually doesn't happen. You've got a cross-transitional period, and, um, yeah, I guess it'll be okay. I think the game's going to look phenomenal. And it'll look even better if you've got an Xbox Series X or a PS5. Uh, Son of a Fat says, uh, again, he says, "Will we get Ori 3 one day. Uh, I think we heard Moon Studios is working on a new project. Yeah. What have you guys did, heard about that? Did, didn't they partner up? They signed a deal with uh, Private Division, didn't they? On whatever, yeah, whatever the this new idea. They're that did Outer yeah. Worlds right. with Obsidian. Yeah, I didn't know that. So I wonder what they're making. Anybody have any guesses or any leaks yeah. or any hints? No. Nothing. That's kind of too early. Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, if I'm guessing, I would say yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think that would be a really nice bookend like a trilogy for the ori franchise right and then they yeah. just sort of bookend it and then they're able to create something new but what if they're creating a new ip would that would you rather a new ip from this studio that brought us ori a beautiful you know story about the little blue character and and i haven't played all the ori's i'm sorry <laughs> i know that it's gorgeous but i don't know all the character names so please don't yeah. blame me too much in the in the comments but yeah would you rather they made another ori or would you rather they tried something new that's always the question that i'm wondering that is always want, a tough one i'd yeah. want something new I, I would want something new because they've obviously given us a sequel to ori so there's two games so let them go try something different let's see if they can do something else yeah. And they could always come back when yep. they're totally re-energized. So speaking of new IPs, uh, Ubisoft recently announced that they're going to hold off on some AAA games, which they're really good at. Uh, they said that they're going to hold off, that they're going to wait a little while to finish Skull and Bones, the pirate simulator game. In exchange for AAA games, they want to work on more free-to-play multiplayer games. You guys heard about this. Yeah. Uh, kind of bad bad news because i because every year ubisoft puts out one to two 
blockbuster, really great looking games uh, that are always well received. So uh, is this going to make you guys cry? It's not going to make me cry, but it's just sort of like when you look at what the industry, where the industry spends their money, right? It's with these games that have microtransactions in them. I made a video. The first video you brought up my YouTube channel. The first video I made on my YouTube Mm -hmm. channel was about microtransactions and how many, how much the revenue is how much of the revenue each of these companies are making. And it was like 50, 60%. And now it's even further in the other direction. So gee, why do you think we're getting more of those games? Is it because maybe now 70, 80% of their revenue comes from those properties? Like it's like, yes, Sony Sony is doing a great job with the AAA experience. They've decided to double down there. And Ubisoft did clarify, they're not ending the AAA experience that we've come to expect with games like Assassin's Mm -hmm. Creed and Far Cry. Um, We're still going to get those games. We're just going to get them less often. And for me, I'm like, well, maybe that means they're going to have this whole free-to-play model and we're going to get better triple a experiences that don't try and cram in the triple a model and to me i'm like uh, maybe right. this maybe this will be better than than we realize in the future uh I'm, paris are you a sucker for microtransactions no i'm not i i'm a cheapskate so i try to spend as little as possible when it comes to stuff like that but my kids are suckers for it they love <laughs> fortnite they love apex so they're constantly buying i i think the only battle pass i buy is destiny 2 but right but i get it i get like pretty much what destin just said I would rather Ubisoft slow down and stop trying to cram a bunch of AAA games, you know, in, in into the market, and they all just feel the same because it's kind of been their reputation the past yeah. few years with a lot of Good their games. Yeah. And try something like this Division Heartland. I think this is kind of the the template, the test pilot here to see if this this model will work for them. If they can nail that and it feels fun to play and you're not beating me over the head with microtransactions i'm actually excited to try it i want to see because i'm I'm a big fan of the division so i want to see what a free-to-play division looks like is this something i want to engage with obviously we know things like apex works i mean even destiny has kind of embraced the free-to-play models so to speak so let, let's just see let's just see how it works um if it doesn't work i'm sure ubisoft will pivot and go right back to the triple a model that oh. they were doing but yeah. If we were to get Assassin's Creed every three years instead of every other year or every year like they've been doing, same with mm-hmm. Far Cry and Ghost Recon on down the line, if they just slow the cadence of that and give these teams more time to to make some unique experiences with those IPs, I would rather see that. Yeah, yeah. I've got I've got a couple super chats here that uh, for for you guys. Uh, Paris is so hyped; he is frozen <laughs> with so much excitement. Uh, oh, I've got a good one. I don't know if you saw it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got. Uh, it's only right that I show some love to the guy who gave me this gorgeous gamer pick. Oh, I I, I did Nightwolf's gamer pick about uh, two years ago. Glad to see the growing, the involving. Love this new show. Uh, Brigadier's Blue wanted to hear from everyone on today. See if they're looking forward to Biomutant at the end of the month. That's I keep forgetting about that game because we're playing Mass Effect and we're waiting for. <laughs> uh, we're waiting for E3. So, Biomutant, real quick. Yay, nay? Yes. I, <laughs> for me, I'm just, I, I was never super hyped about Biomutant. It, it looks like it has some charming mechanics, but Paris, you should probably take this one because I'm just like, I'm going to be playing Mass Effect until Ratchet, and then I'll probably play yes. Ratchet until the next one. Um, I, can, I can say I have it, and that's it. I, I will. I will talk about it further at a later date. I'll just leave. You're, it you are. You are always full of surprises. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what don't you have? That's great. Uh, Wolf Assassin says, I wasn't expecting to see Destin in your podcast, Colt. Why not? You know, Destin's like one of the, you know, he's been the original ambassador of Xbox and, and gaming talk. So, Can I talk uh, about that for a second? Yeah, yeah. Well, well let me finish this sentence. Yeah, and then, uh, actually, actually, it doesn't really, uh, it's not all about you and the rest of it, darn it, but maybe we can make it work. He says, do you think Xbox will refocus on WB because of the merger today in Discovery? Rumor is some studios will split from AT&T. We're actually going to talk about that in just a little bit. But Destin, uh, you're Mr. Xbox on uh, YouTube right now, so let us have it. I guess so. It's just sort of weird. Like I make PlayStation videos about the PlayStation games I like and why I like my PS5 and people just forget that I make those. And they're like, you're the Xbox guy. (laughs) I'm just like, I mean, yeah, for me personally, like I prefer to play on the Xbox platform. Right. But I just made a video about how I think Returnal is my game of the year. So it's weird that I got this label of the Xbox guy in Paris. I'm sure you get this too. When did it become a crime to say, I prefer to play on Xbox. And everyone's like, how dare you? How could you say such a controversial thing? I'm like, I just like the controller. Get them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, uh, yeah. So it's just sort of weird to me that like I've been labeled an Xbox guy, even though I, I talk about Xbox, I talk about PlayStation. I try and be really rational and I try and think about strategies of both of the companies, but sure. I'll take the label, whatever. Well, I mean, uh, I've watched, I've watched your videos, and uh, when you talk about Xbox, uh, your audience is a lot of Xbox people, yeah. which is very cool. And uh, sometimes when you're doing stuff on YouTube, you play to your strengths, and you give the people what they what they want. Give them the information they're hungry for, and sometimes PlayStation's hot in the news. Sometimes it's Xbox, and it's good to see Xbox hot in the news for a long time where they have not been. Right, yeah, we, so well, we've all been in the in the trenches for the Xbox One standard era, right? I yeah. think there's there's that infamous photo of me that I just love when people <laughs> send to me uh, from when, this from one? when uh, yeah from now on <laughs> that uh, I was talking about Thief running in a lower base resolution in a story, and I'm like maybe this will make people laugh or like the photo on my shelf. I'm just trying to make a joke, and it gets so blown out of proportion. I'm just like, all right, no fun allowed. Yeah, it's because Hopefully, jokes are are taken personally when it comes to your favorite platform on the planet. Hey, welcome to new members, black eyed dog and uh, wolf assassin of the channel membership. You get custom emojis that I drew and you get to drop those in and uh, use them to accentuate your amazing comments. You've got over 1200 people watching live oh, on wow. YouTube. Uh, if you're listening on demand on Spotify, Apple or Google podcasts, thanks for checking me out. This is Colt Eastwood. I'm here on the podcast with Destin Legary of IGN, we'll put it shortly, and Paris of Kind of Funny X-Cast. I mean, that's where their uh, claim to fame is at this <laughs> particular moment, but they're everywhere. They're all over social media with hot takes and, and great opinions and uh, staying out of trouble as much as possible. I don't know so the that. next thing that's actually coming up is um, <laughs> there's kind of a cool game coming to Xbox this year that isn't really being talked about, but recently Remedy, the studio that brought us Alan Wake, Quantum Break and uh, Control that doesn't rhyme with Break. Uh, great games, but they're making a big AAA Call of Duty style first person shooter campaign. Uh, Snowbike White, Snowbike Mike, your buddy. Hey, you know, we, we're gonna have to get him on Mike, the show yeah, too, right, yeah. Paris? I should hit hit him. Absolutely. Uh, welcome to the channel membership. Uh, yeah, yeah. Crossfire X is going to be. It's you know I've got this. Um, I always forget the word Counter Strike style multiplayer mode. Remedy has been charged with making this incredibly cinematic, uh, huge story-based game that's come to Xbox, uh, as far as we know, first. 
Uh, Paris, what do you know about Crossfire X? Do you care? Honestly, very little other than the fact that Remedy is is making that campaign. And, and I am intrigued by it because it's Remedy and you know it's going to be quality uh, coming from that studio. So really, I just want to see it. I just want to see it, understand what that story is going to be and and the direction that they plan to take it. But, um, you know, it, it's not a bad thing because, like I said, it's Remedy and uh, you know they're going to do a great job with it. Oh, yeah. DeBlue, welcome to the channel. I know Destin probably knows a little bit, a little bit about Crossfire X. What do you know? Yeah. yeah, I've talked about it a little bit on on my channel, but I'm really excited for Crossfire X. I think that camp campaign looks absolutely stunning. I like what they're doing with with uh, the, the shooting mechanics. It sort of reminds me of Fear almost. And then oh, the, the, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I'm really, really excited to see what they actually do there. The only thing is, I think the the name is something that's hard to sort of grasp onto, which might be why it doesn't have as much buzz as it should. Right. I think this is going to be like. A, a big, big hit. And the Crossfire franchise is actually pretty big in, I don't know where, but I think it's free, free on Steam <laughs> or something. It's huge. But, it's huge yeah. in uh, South Korea. Yeah. And, okay. So, yeah. So the funny thing about Crossfire X is the multiplayer modes are being built by a South Korean developer named Smilegate and yeah. their game reaches over in, uh, over in the East or in Asia, that game reaches like, millions and millions and millions i can't remember the number i think it was like 250 million players because oh, wow. it's a free-to-play game it's like the new counter-strike it's like the um, modernized counter-strike so if you're really big into that that's a big deal so you've got this game crossfire x that has this veteran studio from south south korea making the multiplayer mode and then a veteran killer um french studio remedy right shoot no, no uh, they're they're in sweden Sweden, Swedish. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, I knew it was somewhere that's not yeah. New America. No, the, they're great. So they're making the campaign. So you get this game that's bundled together with two amazing studios. You get two totally different experiences. Uh, you can do both if you want. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. We got Will Sims says Colt, great new podcast. Destin and Paris, all stars as always. What are the 2021 Xbox games you're each most excited about coming this year? And then he brings up Destin's <laughs> Tunic. Any oh. news on Tunic? So what are you guys most excited about that's coming this year that we you're pretty sure is coming this year? Should we say at the same time, Paris? I think we have the same answer. Oh, I'm sure we do. Three, two, Halo. one. Halo. Halo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three, two, one. Yeah. 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 Uh, Halo Infinite looks awesome. Paris, you take it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it has to be Halo Infinite. And I, I almost think that's cheating in a way. So I, I will exclude that. And I'll say for me that we know of that's coming this year, Psychonauts 2. I mean, coming oh, yeah. from Tim yeah. Schafer, Double Fine, I'm, I'm super excited for that. Obviously, you can play the original now uh, via Game Pass. So people can kind of understand his humor in that world. But that would probably be outside of Halo would be my most anticipated. But I mean, every, everyone knows this. This is yeah. it for Halo. And let me let me say this since we're talking about Halo Infinite, because I'm actually curious what you two think about this. I've been saying recently and some people agree, some people disagree. I personally think Halo, Halo Infinite. When I say it needs to be great, and when I say it needs to be great, I'm not talking about review scores or any of that. I'm just saying that 343 needs to nail this. They need to get that story back to where it needs to be, nail the multiplayer, get people excited about it, get the next generation of gamers engaged with Halo because I'm an old fogey. So I've been <laughs> I've been playing it since since day one. I went to yeah. you know E3 2001, saw it on the show floor, the whole thing. But my kids, as an example, they're teenagers. They don't care about Halo. They 
they just think, ah, that's that's what my dad plays. That's not something that excites them. So I just feel like whatever they're going to show next month, get the get get the next generation of gamers excited about. Get them saying, hey, the multiplayer is free to play. Let me try this. Maybe they go try it. They like it. They start engaging with it long term, just like we see with Fortnite and Apex and the rest of them. But oh, yeah. I don't think they can deliver an average Halo. I think if Halo yeah. is average this time. That oh. is gonna. That's gonna do a lot. That's gonna do a lot of damage to the relevance of, of the franchise moving forward. In my personal opinion. Yeah, yeah. I want to say that. Say something real before I give it to Destin. Give him the floor. Uh, I am. The, I am right there with you, Paris. Three four three is the biggest studio that Xbox has. One of the biggest mm-hmm. studios, and they are in charge of one of the biggest franchises in gaming. Period. It's it's up there in the top. Yeah. Uh, the most important and the most popular. So three four three can't make well enough alone. They can't make a game that just uh, ticks all the boxes and runs great and that's it. Like, I have to feel like I want to see the next cutscene between each segment of the game to see the story forward. And mm-hmm. I haven't felt that way since probably uh, Reach. You know, because I didn't feel that way as much with 4. There's some, the first half is pretty good, but 4 and 5 didn't really do that for me. So people have these doubts about 343. Three. They have to knock it out of the park. And we're not looking for a 92 or a certain Metacritic score. Real gamers are looking for something that is memorable and yeah. they'll take them all the way through the game and they'll feel motivated to see it through to the end and feel fear and fright and emotion. And I hope that that pilot that he is trying to help, I, I hope there's a connection with his wife at back home on whatever planet he's from that we haven't right. all gotten into that. So Destin, what do you expect and what do you, what do you need from Halo Infinite, even though you're super excited. So about Halo Infinite, uh, <laughs> first of all, a lot of people are saying like, could it could it not be good or could it be bad? Of course, any game could could have that fate when it launches, right? However, after reading that last post and seeing how much effort they put towards crafting this experience mm-hmm. and teasing us with the the dialogue between Master Chief and um, his mom, basically, not his mom, the, the leader of the Spartan program. I'm blanking on her name. Yeah. Dr. Halsey. Halsey. Dr. Yeah. Dr. Nice. Halsey. Nice. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Saved it. But anyway, after <laughs> that dialogue, it gave me a lot of excitement about those narrative beats. And they tried to showcase one with the, the main villain of Halo Infinite during the, the infamous Craig gameplay trailer, right? Mm-hmm. And you go back and you look at that, and I'm like, you know, the gameplay does look pretty solid, all things considered. Yes. And the graphical stuff can be fixed. And after reading about how much care is being put towards the the PC version of the game, input-based matchmaking, how they're trying to do unintrusive uh, uh, detection of like aimbot software and things like that, just to make the game experience good across the board, I am I'm very excited about Halo Infinite, and I do feel like I feel fairly confident that 343 is going to deliver a good game at least that's my hope right i have no insider information i'm just speaking as a fan here and i like to do that from time to time and if the internet would just let me be a fan sometimes that would be really really nice <laughs> no. Like, no can no, i just no, be no, a no. fan you guys and say i'm excited about Infinite? But I, I, okay? I, I think you hit on the, the great point of that is like like you give your opinion i give mine colt gives theirs but I'm giving it from the from the point of view of a fan. I'm a fan of Halo. I want Halo to be great. I want to be excited about it. And I do think 343 will stick the lane. I, I genuinely do. But, you know, they delayed it for a year for a reason, right? We obviously saw the, the initial reveal last year and the Craig memes and all that. They know they have to fix that. They know they got to 
get that. But I'm with you, Destin. If you go back and watch the actual gameplay of that reveal, I thought it was fun. I, yeah, I still man. think it was fine. I, I never had an issue with that, but I want to see this multiplayer. I really do. Um, the fact that we've not heard a peep about that yet, obviously it's going to get revealed next month. I just want to see what it is. I I don't think it's just going to be the standard standard Halo multiplayer. I think they're going to do something new. There will be a new mode there somewhere. I just yeah. want to see it, you know, and, and yeah. we can obviously judge it at that point. Yeah. Uh, Wolf Assassin says, I wasn't expecting you to see my favorite YouTubers together. It makes me happy to see all three of you guys together. Have fun. He must be taking off. He says, later. Uh, one more from Gotham Guy. He says, hey, Colt, it was great meeting you at E3 2019. Oh, man, I wish we could go back in time. Oh, Love your new like show. so long ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yes, Halo Infinite needs to be the Wrath of, Wrath of Khan hit out of the park. Ooh, a Star Trek reference. Yeah, it really does. I mean, I don't know what else I can add other than... Um, with Joseph Staten, you know, being the closer coming into the ninth inning and making sure the team brings that passion and reading the waypoint articles, you can tell the team is recommitted to make that game. And for what Paris said about, you know, getting the new generation with the game, having a look and feel of the original, like no aim down sights and you've got, you've got the hip firing, like hopefully it recaptures the way that we were captured by Halo Infinite. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, that, so we've got Ben Decker, someone who I haven't heard of at Xbox. He's a, a games director. He promises games, 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 and things that are going to blow our minds. I'm sure you guys saw this <laughs> oh, a yeah. few days ago. Yeah. Uh, so there's been this uh, continuous thing with Xbox news that there are new games. We've got a new thing in the works. Here's another game that's coming. But nothing's out right now. So the future looks very bright. What is this mind-blowing uh, game that Xbox is putting together for the platform. Just I don't know. But, I don't know, but we should definitely hype it up to unrealistic <laughs> expectations yeah. so that everybody is super impressed when it comes out and probably is something different than whatever they've built up in their mind. Yeah. I think that's what we should do. Yeah. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah. That's a plan. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about it. He seems excited about it. So cool. But where's the trailer? Where's anything? You know? Yeah, I mean, is yeah. this one of those things that uh, he shouldn't have said because it's something that is no. in the E3 docket? Like, that's something that uh, a watertight E3 presentation so far, there really aren't any leaks right now. Uh, yeah, how, how dare he be excited about something he's worked on for seven years? Yeah. <laughs> or however, what, three to five years for AAA? Yeah, 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 usually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ace Out Gamer says, I'm subscribed to all three of you and love your content points of view. So my question is, what date do you think Halo Infinite will release on? Why don't you two say it at the same time? We'll see if you uh, <laughs> cross over. Uh, <laughs> it, guess. Is, is it November 15th? I think that was when the original Xbox came out, right? Ooh, I like that yeah, date. That's where Isn't I'm leaning. Yeah, yeah, November 15th. Anniversary. Yeah. I'm cheating. I'm looking at the calendar. I was going to say November 7th, but that's a Sunday. So like the ninth, it would have to be the ninth. I don't know. That doesn't work. This is doing some deep research right now. (laughs) Um, You know, you have to wonder if the team thought, you know, told, you know, they discussed, you know, we can get this game. uh, We can delay it for six months and get everything ready. But if we give it a full year, we can release on the 20th anniversary and we know the game will be ready with, you know, COVID uh, slowdowns and things like that. So um, there are people I've talked about that it could possibly see a delay. Um, I think they're probably going to get it. Kind of have to. 
the fact that they're showing it because obviously they they started the xbox hashtag xbox 20 stuff and halo's been prominently featured in that they they would they should know at this point if if they were not going to do that because obviously if you look at the initial launch of the series x master chief was plastered all over the marketing material for that because that was supposed to be the game so i'm sure they don't want to make that mistake again with the 20 year anniversary and not have a new halo ready to go so i i think and i'm kind of with you where you said i think it probably could have it's probably ready now to be honest with you they probably could have had it ready you know, at the five or six month mark of the year, but now giving them another, you know, four to five months to continue polishing it. I mean, it should be a, you know, top notch experience when, when we get in November. So, oh, on, yeah. yeah, on that note, Paris, I think they're stacking the deck for E3. And I yeah. think we're going to have a stellar conference here in a few months. And that's really, really exciting to know that they've been so quiet about Halo. And I say quiet, but they've released the blog post like every month yeah. in December, right? So yeah, they talk oh, about much. different facets of the game. I check Xbox Media Wire, and it feels like every month there's a new thing. And if you hear my son, he's jamming out with mom right right here, yeah. just off the camera. So, yeah. Well, that's cute, man. <laughs> <laughs> we all have kids, so we know what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> I just uh, keep mine away from the show as much as possible. <laughs> just with a stick. Uh, let's see. Somebody uh, Here's kind of an interesting uh, K3 uh, Kasubi. I love reading these names like phonetically. What if Halo flops? Knockwood. Uh, what happens next? One interview with Phil, he did seem he did not seem to place much emphasis on Halo. Well, I mean, he's got Phil's got a million things to talk about besides one uh, of their big games. But um, I don't think Halo is going to flop. But there is a massive part of the community that thinks if Halo gets a certain score or is a certain way that it is a flop, no matter what, right? Well, of well, course, you're, you're always going to have naysayers out there. I, I think to answer your question, if, if Halo were to flop, let's let's just say it does. Halo flops is a huge disappointment. They obviously still have gears. Um, clearly, you know, the Bethesda acquisition has given them access to all of their IPs as well. They have these other studios that are working on new things. It, it they, They'd have to, quote unquote, build up a new mascot, right? A new flagship title to be able to mm-hmm. lead the way for them. This is why you have 23 studios, right? This is why they've invested so much into building this up. I mean, we obviously know a lot of that is Game Pass and all that, but to have flexibility across multiple genres so you don't have to simply rely on one game to to lead the way. I'm sure they want Halo to be great for everything that we've already talked about, but if it if it were to fail, um, plan B. <laughs> Just got to go to plan okay, here's, B, I guess. Here's plan B. I'll ask Destin. Destin, yeah. do you think uh, there's two scenarios? One, which I don't think is likely, that uh, Phil and Matt Booty move the Halo franchise after this to uh, one of their other studios and have them take it over and give 343 something new to do? Or do you think that the next Halo game will be co-developed with like id or Machine Games or something like that? Ooh, what do you that's think that? a that's a lot of options. I was just <laughs> going to say Plan B is Bethesda with yeah. a multitude yeah. of studios. Like you think that they would give all, right? give Halo to Bethesda and say, you know, who do you want to take this over? We're going to give three four three an opportunity to create their own new IP or an open world game. Or do you think that because uh, Phil said something at Bethesda showcase, he said I'm excited about the tech like id tech, and he kind of uh, referenced Halo. Yep. Like, imagine what you could do. Do you think Phil's already got the gears grinding? Like, hey, we're almost done with Halo Infinite. Let's bring in uh, ID's software team in their engine 
and have them build the next Halo together because we're we're all a team and a family. Well, that's why they invested $7.5 billion is to get that technology. And id tech is stunning. Like what they were able yeah. to do with the yeah. Doom engine was absolutely crazy. So yeah. I think what he's referring to is a collaboration between the team behind id tech and the Halo team and them learning from each other about what they've done. And when we talk about <laughs> failures, we're usually talking about critical failures when we're having conversations like this. But there have been a lot of critical failures that have been massive successes. Destiny <laughs> was a seven out it of was. 10 on Metacritic. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that game is a failure. There's 50,000 people or more playing it right now on Steam alone. They made a boatload right. of money in it. Yeah, I, always, I always say that Des Destiny is the greatest 6.5 game ever made. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so no, I don't think they're going to take away the Halo franchise from 343. I think maybe they do a little bit of restructuring and they give a longer development cycle for the following Halo that were to come after Infinite. But I think Infinite is going to be built on an engine that can be updated and improved in the same way that Destiny was updated and improved throughout the years. And they've been very clear that that's sort of their plan for it to be um, iterative as they continue through the years of Halo. Yeah, and they can finally do this because um, PlayStation Studios has been working together and mm -hmm. bringing their studios together to bring tech. And when you play, um, this is a quirky game, I think it's amazing, but if you play Sackboy Adventure, you can see the collaboration with Astrobot and uh, Sackboy mm -hmm. and how the studios work together to bring... Uh, different ideas and design and engine work to get their games to have a cohesive uh, top tier thing. And Xbox hasn't had that. Xbox has really only had three or four studios for so long. And now they've got 23 and they're all one big family. King uh, 2002 says, love the panel, Colt. Uh, this is because of you guys. Uh, wanted to ask you what's your most anticipated game at Xbox E3. I'm hoping to see Hellblade 2. I don't think you will in Unreal Engine 5 and Stalker 2, which I think you will see. Um, let's see. What what would I say to that? Um, I think Hellblade 2 isn't ready. Xbox wants to show gameplay the year of release or the year before. So I'm not quite sure. Uh, what are you guys hoping to see at E3 uh, that we haven't talked about? It's not Halo. Starfield. Because yep. <laughs> I, I want to know what it is. I want to know. I mean, we've speculated. It, it can't just be Fallout in space. It, it's more than that. I know it is. I mean, Todd Howard and those guys, they've worked on it for so long. They, they've made a big deal about this being a new IP coming from that team. This is not just a carbon copy of Elder Scrolls or Fallout and you're putting it in space. It's it's doing something unique. So I, I just want to see it. it it's, it's just one of those curiosity things. And again, I know it's obviously being getting hyped out of the moon right now because of the whole exclusivity thing and everyone's talking about it. But at the end of the day, I just want to see what the game is. I want to know what it is. Is this something that's going to appeal to me? I mean, I love RPGs. I love sci-fi. Obviously, we talked about Mass Effect earlier. Is there going to be a big exploration aspect to it? You know, there's rumors of you're going to be building ships, things like that. Let's see it. I want to see Todd Howard roll out, give the big presentation and get everyone excited about it. And then it'll probably say Q1 2022 or whatever the rumor is. Right? Oh, yes. Do you think he's going to say everything just works? Uh, yeah, <laughs> people he, give people give him such a hard time, sure. but yeah, God yeah. Dang, he's, he's done some amazing things. And, uh, you know, the community gets a little wacky. They really do. They, yeah. they, they act like Fallout 76 is the only thing that that Bethesda's ever made. Um, every studio has one. 
you know, iffy game. But uh, you know, if I could circle back to one thing we were talking about previously, just and I know Dustin, you you probably want to give your answer as well. But when you talk about the collaboration thing, if you go back to that Bethesda roundtable when they were all there, that was one thing that Phil Spencer and, and those guys were talking about was the fact that now you not not only Bethesda but the entire Xbox Game Studios they can start collaborating together kind of similar to what you've talked about with PlayStation so it will be interesting to see down the road what the collaborations start to look like how they utilize id tech maybe Halo with the slip what is it slip space the slip space engine yep. goes the other way right i mean who knows you know we'll obviously see coalition and um, ninja ninja theory bringing on real five how is that going to work throughout the studios as well so a lot of possibilities there so it's it's pretty exciting to see but uh, yeah, Destin, answer, what do you? Yeah. Oh, sorry. sorry. No, no, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I, I was going to ask Destin if he thinks uh, Starfield is going to bring back that wonder of playing Mass Effect for the first time. Yeah, you know, I'm, I I love space exploration games, especially single player space RPGs, which is basically what we've been told Starfield is going to be. A lot of people have pointed out that this is Todd's baby, so to expect a good experience, and they're really really excited about it. My only thing that I, I caution about Starfield is we know nothing about it. But beyond right. like three words. So, and that 343 developer, former 343 artist, Skybox artist was just talking about this. Like when you hype something up to here, there's nowhere to go from up there, right? So like, mm-hmm. let's start here and go there. <laughs> and then like, after you've gotten to play it. And and, so, and I'm just like, I try and be a realist and I like I like to keep my expectations here and then get hyped not keep my expectations here because there's only one way to go from there as we saw with cyberpunk and cyberpunk had this voracious feedback loop now i played on pc and i had a pretty great experience with cyberpunk 2077 (laughs) even though it had bugs and everything and it wasn't perfect but those base consoles were launched in an unacceptable state so i just i try and be cautious i'm optimistic i'm hopeful i hope it's great and i do think we see starfield this year and i think it's yeah sorry jeff grubb i think it's coming out this year (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean like denial. i keep saying i think they want it to come out this year but uh mm-hmm. but we're we are hearing rumors that it's quarter 2022 or quarter yeah. one which is uh january through february or march or something like that oh I believe man it's march it yeah. depends it depends on when you start your quarter i think it can extend as far as april but i believe it's usually march oh gosh yeah. okay I think that's a great window. If that is the window, that's when Mass Effect 2 launched. Mass Effect 2 launched in, ME, in, in Q1, I believe. And, January 26, 2010. I'm and, a nerd. It's a, and Paris, it's like your favorite <laughs> game in the series, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Paul says, do you guys think it would be in best interest for Biomutant to release on Game Pass day one? Uh, like how it helped Outriders. Uh, I think Outriders benefited from that because it was an online game to get all of your friends on there playing together and and uh, experiencing the game uh a game like that has to have legs immediately uh maybe biomutant doesn't need to p- be played day one for it to be a success what do you guys think about that i don't know i mean i don't think a game needs to be on game pass would it be beneficial to microsoft and and the team if they were able to work out a deal that was in their best interest sure but i mean that's not for me to say so that's sort of a difficult question i suppose i don't have a great answer to yeah similar yeah it's, it's hard to say i mean we we obviously have started to see the benefits of games being able to go on game pass with the engagement it it, it attracts more people to at least try it so i always say in those type of scenarios 
if it works out financially for the developer or the third party publisher and with Microsoft to bring it there, of course, they're going to do it. Um, if not, like you're saying, I don't think all the success of Biomutant as an example hinges on it being a part of Game Pass because clearly, you know, games have been around for what, 40 plus years at this point, And they've been just fine without a subscription service, even though I think we're, we're starting to see the benefits of why a subscription service, at least from from our end, could be beneficial. Yeah, it's such a uh, saucy take to support Game Pass because it is a changing of the industry and a lot of people don't like change. They think it's going to affect quality. Paris has been out front. I'm sure <laughs> Destin's been talking about how great Game Pass is. Anybody who talks positively about Game Pass is uh, uh, kind of the adversary uh, at that moment. But um, I don't know. I, I, think- I, think that's, I think that's changing. And I see a lot of people in chat saying like, all media is negative about Xbox. All I see lately are people mm, changing opposite. their tone yeah i see people saying i'm playing on my xbox more than ever xbox has become my number one console so like i definitely understand where that's coming from it's because for so long xbox was regarded in a, in a lesser light because it had lower frame rate and it had mm-hmm. you know problems with those base consoles but i think once the xbox one x came out that was phil and the xbox team's first step towards changing that narrative and they've continued to improve day in and day out. And now they've really refined their services. They have an excellent, ser- excellent service offering. And the word of mouth is getting around. People are playing Xbox more and more and more. And that's what I'm seeing. And it, it's it's a bummer to hear that so many people are seeing so much negativity from the media. And I'm, I'm curious who the media is in this case, because my colleagues at IGN, for example, are, are shouting about Xbox from the rooftops. No, no, I'm seeing actually, I'm, I'm seeing the opposite. I'm sure most people are yeah. too, that the media, the media's come around to Game Pass and that's when uh, the people that are negative about most things kind of get uh, corrected by the way things are going. So yeah, <laughs> I think it's, that is a big deal that the media is talking about how great Game Pass is, which I have to get into the next topic, which is connected to that. But uh, Special Nick from Xbox Era says, good chat, folks. Keep it up, Colt. Destin, Xbox Era, do it. <laughs> now so so as you've probably heard my son is crying and i feel a little guilty i've been on two shows in the last few days i just need to figure out a good schedule and i'll be in touch with you guys that's so cool yeah i mean it's pretty cool to see uh destin and paris show up here uh and talk to over 1600 people watching live on youtube and uh however many will see it or listen to it on spotify and apple and uh google podcasts or wherever you reside uh Dovakin89 says, with Mass Effect hype and success, now is the perfect presentation window for Starfield, hands down. Yeah, I am totally in the mood for sci-fi, space odyssey, space opera because of that. I'm going to get into this uh, about the media. Uh, This one will be a little bit uncomfortable with Destin, but he's a good sport. A couple of uh, leads, uh, a head editor and a a director, I think, uh, for IGN, were pretty excited about Xbox and saying it's become a great place to play. And they've spent more time on their Xbox lately while they're waiting for the great Ratchet and Clank to release, which I think is a pretty objective, mixed with subjective opinion. But the uh, community as a whole kind of went a little crazy. Xbox guys hit like and retweet and shared it and use it as ammo. And uh, the anti-Xbox guys or wherever you may be uh, didn't like that. Uh, We don't have to go to Destin if you don't want to, but... uh, What's the question? (laughs) <laughs> that all happened. So what's, what's the question? question? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's a viable take. So, Destin, uh, 
What's your experience in the past? Uh, we've, the console's been out six months. Yeah. So have you had a nice even mix of the PS5 and Xbox? Or do you kind of line up uh, with your colleagues at IGN who uh, have kind of a new take? Like, hey, Xbox is a great place to play, and this it's a great place to be uh, most of the time, in their opinion. I get where they're coming from. You you play your big AAA, you play Spider-Man Miles Morales, and then you're just kind of waiting for the next one. Then you play Returnal, and then you're like, okay, you know, I, I've played the, the AAAs that I want to play on my PlayStation 5, but Xbox just has this ease of access, and I think that's why we're seeing that, that conversation pop up. Like, I'm playing all these games, and then I've been fairly obsessed with Microsoft Rewards as of late, and they yeah, have a ten. They're giving you ten dollars to play on Xbox right now and everything. So, as a cheapskate, I am a big fan of of you know that stuff. But uh, yeah, I guess I don't really know what the question is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Xbox is pretty cool. I think you know, so. not it's. I mean, there there is a little bit of controversy. Hey, Delilah HD in the Super Chat says, love the show, Colt, Paris, and Destin, great panel. Delilah HD is great in the community. She, uh, I got to meet her at, at uh, Xbox E3 2019. She's awesome. Got to sit down and have uh, a cold cherry Coke, and uh, her and my wife chatted and hung out. So that was awesome. Uh, Jeff Grubb is in the chat, too. Uh, yeah, I saw luxurious that. Glowing here. <laughs> Anything Jeff Grubb's tweets will become 19 articles by sunrise he says what do you think <laughs> what do you want me to tweet about next uh is it weird to make something trend uh i don't know you tell us like <laughs> jeff can say anything and he's got the media uh knocking down his door so a uh, kid smooth's here too kid smooth's a great friend says hey you too. destin paris colt great show destin was on uh planet xbox uh last week i think it was or, yeah, yeah last, last week. week yeah that's so, why I'm like, that's why I'm telling the other Xbox show. Yeah. I'm just like, my wife is going to kill me if I do three. So <laughs> I might need to take a little break. Uh, I've been there. I've been there. Um, let's see. Uh, so I guess the question was, and I'll let, I'll let Paris take this. So, uh, so uh, Des can take a breather from the craziness, but there was a, a small subset of crazies that went after these IGN people and checked up on their, their gaming history on Xbox. And, and it's uh, we won't dwell on it. It's obnoxious stuff. The drama is annoying to me because I've dealt with it for so, so long. But Paris, did you hear about this? Like they're getting receipts on their last achievement. Look at Destin's like, his just head just rolled off his neck. I follow like all those people on my, like we're friends. So. <laughs> um, I, I did I did see some of that. And yeah, it, it's all just silly. It's like at the end of the day, who cares if someone at a, at a media company uh, says they like playing on Xbox, but they also like playing on PlayStation 2. You play games where you're having fun. And I know it makes some people grumpy when I say this, but Game Pass has been a differentiator uh, so far because it's given people access to, to, to so many different games across multiple genres. I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of people, again, we're in a, the reality of the world is with COVID and everything. A lot of people have been embracing their back catalog. Uh, the, oh, these yeah. past past year 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 or so, right? And Game Pass is doing, it. yeah, yeah. Just just get used to it. But Game Pass has been a great way to do that because you're like, oh man, I didn't know that was there. Let me go check this out. Like, and I've found some hidden gems, you know, using Game Pass as well. So when I, it's just when I see people get upset about that, I I don't understand it because how does that affect you? I, I will never understand that. <laughs> play the games that you want to play on the system that you want to play them on. And enjoy it. The one thing I'll say to the to the people online is <laughs> if people. you spent if you spent more time actually playing games and less time tweeting, you'd probably have more fun. That, oh, I, I, I don't people, I don't understand. Yeah. 
I tell people all the time that if you're truly enjoying the hobby of gaming, yeah, uh, and like if your if your platform brings you joy, you wouldn't be griefing someone else playing on something else because you'd be too busy. I mean, I'm really having a great time, and yeah. I play more on Xbox. Than I do PlayStation, and when I'm on PlayStation, I have a great time. So, uh, I mean, I'm not I'm biased as all it is. You know, I I'm I'm not a neutral. I don't pretend to be one. Xbox is my favorite place to play, but I mean, if you're going to uh, grieve people on nauseam. Um, show those tweets to your loved one. We'll see where that goes. Vexner three says, "Will there come a day when every game is X Cloud compatible? Uh, will this change the industry? Everyone seems to sleep on this, but he thinks it's inevitable. Uh, I think X Cloud can't be com- well. Every game is X Cloud compatible by de- design. The games run in the cloud on actual Xbox hardware. So there's your technical answer. But as far as being compatible with publishers allowing it, not quite yet. Yeah, Still that's kind of new for that." So yeah, I would. I, I guess it's safe to say Xbox Xbox first party lineup will be. Um, that's pretty much a ninety nine percent guarantee that all those will be. But like you said, as far as third parties go, that's that depends on the individual publisher if they yeah. want to allow it. Obviously, like marketed deals will probably end up in yeah. there easier than uh, something that's just a strictly multi plat. Uh, Kasubia one says, "Do you think Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo, which are from Bethesda's uh, family, do you think those will go to Game Pass?" I think he probably means uh, day and date when the exclusivity ends with Sony. Yes, yep. <laughs> that's one hundred percent guarantee. Yeah, now, I, I, I do have a question on that though, as far as Death Loop. Well, I guess even Ghostwire Tokyo. I wonder if there'll be a loophole similar to the Outer Worlds where it comes to Game Pass PC because that happened with the Outer oh, Worlds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is a that is a wrench yeah. in the gears we might see. Uh, there was another game that was doing that. I forgot what it was, but yeah. Uh, Hey, it wasn't just Artemis says it wasn't reported that Starfield trademark was updated to this year and Xbox was buying ad time for Starfield this year as well. That's something that Jeff talked about on my show last week. Time flies when you're cranking into E3, but yeah. um, good note. Yeah, I don't good, know. Uh, good note from him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things where he says it. And I mean, my, I have this new podcast, which uh, if you're joining in, we're a little over 1600 people live. And uh, we are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Something I did right off the bat. Uh, it's been a pain to get that going, but we got it. And um, we're here with Paris from Kind of Funny XCast uh, and Destin from IGN. And we were talking about the hot news for the week. So um, there is a lot to talk about. We, we, also, we need to get through these topics, too. Um, we have uh, – this is a small one, but okay. Xbox is partnering with Tencent. The great evil Tencent of the global domination in gaming. <laughs> so they're a massive conglomerate, but it sounds like Xbox is doing a little deal with them. You guys know what that's about and why? No, no idea. I have no, I have no idea. This may but, be them. Uh-oh. Here we but, are. uh-oh. But Bungie is also partner with Tencent. So I'd be curious to yeah. see if... Like Tencent has their their limbs in everything i was going to say tentacles but that seems to have a negative connotation right uh they have their limbs sort of in a lot of different pots and they're just stirring them up so what's going to come to fruition out of those experiences is going to be interesting daniel doesn't like tencent either sorry guys (laughs) yeah and just be clear like uh, a a kid making a noise in the background is not uh, is totally okay 
uh, I wish my kids were small. They really aren't anymore. Now they're <laughs> just so now they're crazy and uh, slightly annoying, but great kids, right, Paris? You <laughs> yeah. have a couple. Oh of those? yeah, yeah, Dustin. Wait until you get some teenagers, man. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> it's such a blessing <laughs> when they can put you in a headlock. Yeah. you know you're in big trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So basically, Tencent it, they're working with this to facilitate mobile games and possibly put some big franchises that Xbox has. Uh, natively on mobile gaming you know to download a game and play it natively on your phone so you can have game streaming with xcloud plus native games on mobile which would be a big deal for the other side of the world that plays games differently than we would uh across europe uk and north america if we think globally because everything is different no matter where you go so that's a quick uh subject but uh yeah well colt i think you're i think you're getting onto a really really great topic there and that's the the topic of you know, people with less income, less expendable income now have an entryway into gaming with Game Pass, with these mobile entryways. And that's just awesome, right? You, you look at people that are just, they just want to play games and Game Pass offers them day and date for a very reasonable fee, a ton, a huge library. I remember growing up, like I, we didn't have a ton of money when I was growing up and mm-hmm. I would have loved to have a service like this. Oh my God, like, yes. Oh my God, I can play all these games. I don't have to just play Sonic 2 for the rest of my life you know, <laughs> for the next yeah. three years before I can save up for the other $70, $80 game or whatever it was in Canada. When I was growing <laughs> up, I, you know, I, I grew up on most of my gaming time was on the Nintendo, the NES. And yeah, I like survived on two or three games for like a couple of years. And you play games till you drove them into the ground until you couldn't blow into the cartridge anymore. Uh, Matt. McDonald Media says, when do you think Xbox Game Studios will start making Series S or next-gen only games, and how do you think that'll affect the number of Game Pass users? Well, uh, Xbox obviously has many ways for you to play if you don't have an Xbox Series console, or if you... uh, Eventually, you'll be able to load up an Xbox One console and stream the game through xCloud, right? Is that part of the plan? That's part of the plan, yeah. So nobody left behind, which is really good. Um... So we were talking about global domination. This is something that some guys like to wave a flag about. Uh, hey, Brigadier's Blue says 1,600 watching. Hit the like button. Wow, the likes are looking nice. Uh, so the Xbox Series X and S were the best-selling consoles in the UK for the month of... I forgot what month we're in. <laughs> that's how fast May. I fly. Yeah. I think it was May. for the month yeah. of May or April. Yeah. might have been April. But, uh, I mean, that's like a big deal. But... Um, there's more than one story to why Xbox was the second best selling console next to the Switch, which is starting to pass the PlayStation. So what do you think, Paris? Do you care about sales? You, um, you move the flag? I, I think in the current state of the world, it, it actually is, is a good sign to see that they're actually getting the hardware on shelves. Let's put it that way. Um, because obviously we know we've been going through some shortages and everything. So it, it's it's actually very hard to say what it truly means because from, from a PlayStation standpoint, maybe there just aren't enough out there in the market, you know, to, to increase the sales numbers and make Microsoft is just getting more Xboxes out there. Because I think as soon as you see one, they're, they're being sold. They, they can't keep it on, get it on the shelf quick enough. Let's put it that way. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's a hard read right now, just with the shortages and COVID and everything that's going on, what, what that truly means. Yeah. I think this, the sales of the consoles is uh, almost a pointless discussion right now. When yeah. PlayStation can't get as many out the door for manufacturing as they want, or that they, I mean, they could sell so many more and yeah. Xbox is in the same boat. So I, I'm well, sure Destin, what do you think? 
Yeah, my whole take on the situation is sure, Sony's ahead. And I think that's totally fair to say. They've also launched in China, a market that Xbox hasn't launched in yet. And they've they've somehow managed to manufacture more consoles. They've also created a plan where they're going to use a different uh, nanometer chip so that they're able to produce more consoles through 2022. And from the recent interview about PlayStation, they've also been discussing the fact that um, they think that stock is going to continue to be limited through the rest of this year. And then next year, we start to see some natural calming. However, I think that Xbox will eventually launch in those other platforms. We know that Xbox launched in, I believe it was India recently, and had like a huge sales success. And what I believe is going to happen, and I, I love to do this dumb chart with my hands, <laughs> Sony is going to be doing this, but Xbox is going to do this. And eventually, they're going to hit parity, right? So about two, three years from now, I think we're going to be having a very different conversation about both of these, these console manufacturers and, and publishers, because I think Xbox is going to catch up in the games department. They've mm -hmm. got great hardware. I think the PlayStation 5 also has great hardware. They've been very clear about having 25 games, and I want parity between the two services. I want consumers to have a tough decision to make if they can only go one way or the other, because what that's going to mean is both Sony and Microsoft have to compete for your business. And that's how it should be, because we all win at the end of the day if that happens. And that is the that is the message that I've been trying to convey on my channel and why I talk about both companies and their strategies, because I love to think about Here's what Sony's doing. Is Xbox going to catch up? How is Xbox going to market Game Pass, you know, with with the the new games coming out and stuff like MLB the show coming to Game Pass? It's just it's just a very interesting story to see come to fruition and develop over time. Sorry, yeah, it's, it's something it's something that just absolutely fascinates me talking about the two consoles and where they're going. I think you're you're making a great point that a lot of people yeah. don't stop to think about because um the console that competition is so important because PlayStation has led so far for the past 25 years, and especially in the past decade, that while Xbox was picking up <laughs> picking up their cleats and put, putting them on and getting out on the field, uh, PlayStation put their games up $70, and Xbox did almost the opposite. They almost lowered the price, the entry of price of gaming. So it is super important that both of these compete, and I think to champion that one is dying is just asking for... Um, your favorite platform to do things that you may not like, and it may be price increases. What do you I, think, I Paris? I don't like that. Well, yeah. well like to, to kind of piggyback off of what Destin just said, to me, I'd look at it this way. PlayStation has stuck to a more traditional model that we've obviously seen, you know, for the past few decades, Xbox is doing something unique. They're doing something new. I, I honestly truly believe both can work. We're, we're seeing it happen in real time. PlayStation, look, PlayStation is a monster. We know it. It, it is the leader. They're not going to slow down. My most anticipated game this year is a PlayStation game. As an example, they have games that I want to play that I am willing to, to spend $70 to play. I do think that, it, that I see the value in that. But on the flip side, I see the value of what, what Microsoft is, has done with giving us a series X and an S putting games on PC, putting games on the cloud, creating this subscription service with Game Pass that just gives me access to hundreds of games to let me try out things that I never would have played before. But then at the same time saying, we've invested in ourselves. We acquired Bethesda. We have 23 studios. They're working on all these games. So it's a cycle. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, so like you're saying, Destin said, you're going to see real competition. You know, it, we're, we're right on the cusp of it right now because it is still fair to say, all right, Xbox, you've done all this. Now show me. 
Show me the games. Where yep. are the games? You need to prove to me that all this investment is going to pay off. And I think, like I said, we're on the literal cusp of that happening. But when it does Pretty happen, weird. the competition is going to be right there. And, and, and it goes back to, to something we've already been saying. You, you can't go wrong. I love PlayStation games. I love Xbox games. It's games. Go where you are having enjoyment. And that, <laughs> that's all that should, should matter at the end of the day. Okay, Destin, hold that thought. I saw you wave your finger. You've got something great to say. Let me read these supers hard. real quick. Just don't forget, you got to put a little mental note in. When you're a parent, your memory goes pretty quick. Uh, Tyler Martin says, Xbox Series S for the win. What a great value. Great show, guys. Keep it up. Um, let's see. Jimbo Jangle says, love the amazing panel. That includes you too, Colt. Oh, that's nice. What's everyone's dream E3 announcement? We covered that. Uh, you'll have to go back there about a half an hour. If we did it again, we would be here for another 30 minutes doing that. Thanks for the great content, dudes. Uh, Hargreet Cheney's, Cheney says, do you think Xbox will announce another acquisition at E3? Uh, I don't think so. But also, what's the deal with Activision and Game Pass? I don't think they have anything in Game Pass. I don't think they do. Uh, speculation on in- Nintendo. We'll get into that. Randall Thor 19, good friend of mine, uh, says Colt, Destin, and Paris in one podcast. I can't handle all this awesomeness. I'm sure you can. <laughs> uh, Brett Bingham says, What's your thoughts on WB Games? We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, let's see. Uh, can we get Randall Thor in here? Says Julian A. Rand's going to get a camera set up. I've been harping on him so he can show his face and get his audience and all of us to get to know who he is. And channel member Dead Time, welcome to the channel. Destin, did you remember what you were going to say? I did. All right. I did. I I was going to say Paris is really hitting the nail on the head there. You look at what Sony's been doing. They just announced during their their earnings call that they invested something like 1.5 billion into their services. Well, Xbox is investing their money into Xbox Game Studios to make you know games for years to come. I, I really think Xbox is going to hit this awesome stride two years from now. We're going to get like good games this year. We're going to have a good set of games the year after but then after that yeah. it's just going to be money that's yeah. all the big first party stuff that we've been seeing right yeah and sony is too of course so like that's i'm super excited about that because that just means we're just going to have great games no matter where you play exactly that's, that's the point awesome yep okay so we talked about um starfield a little bit we touched on that and there were some screenshots so i don't think we'll need to go into that but have you guys heard about omen from arcane studios this is like a new no. leak that kind of uh, kind of uh, sunk its teeth into us uh, recently. Paris, do you know what I'm talking about? No, I, I don't. This is the first I'm hearing of that. I knew there was talk about Arcane having a new IP, but I, I didn't actually hear that name. Oh, I'm man. trying to use some uh, vernaculars to kind of get us steer in the right direction. Destin, do you know what Omen is? And- oh, man. I, if only I knew what that could possibly oh, be. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm like, a moron. Omen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You, you must know what that could be. I've been been a big champion of uh, getting uh, a Blood Omen remaster or a Legacy of Cain remaster. So I've actually had these out because I've been meaning to play through the Soul Reaver series again. And uh, yeah, I I am a huge fan of this franchise. And I did see that rumor. That rumor is incredibly, incredibly exciting. And I would would love to see it done right. There was a leak actually a few years back where they they sort of had a a tech test of a, a Blood Omen game that was being developed. And it did not look great but it definitely had people really well that was like five six seven years ago it's quite a while ago that game's dead so whatever they're developing is definitely all new and i i would love to see them tackle that franchise oh the gaming veterans love you for that little uh 
that that presentation you just did. Yeah, I, those are the same things I heard uh, when we last talked about Omen. I think I talked about it on a I was on a show earlier this week with somebody else or last week. Like I said, time flies, but yeah. It, so I guess uh, for all of you who are not catching, like it sounds sounds like in the chat, everyone knows exactly what Destin's talking about and what Paris is learning as we talk is that <laughs> Arcane Studios, the team, uh, I think that brought us Prey, if it's Arcane Austin, is working on a stealth action-based vampire game. And uh, one thing I said is if it is stealth-based with action, you know, when things go awry, you can start slashing and destroying people. I'm all for it. That's what I love about games like Prey. Sneak around if you want. If it goes wrong, use everything in your arsenal. Have a good time. What do you think, Paris, now that you're learning about a vampire first-person or third-person game? Coming from Bethesda Softworks. From from that studio, sign me up. That's what I say. <laughs> I mean, I oh, I would love to see that. Absolutely. Are you a Prey fan? Yeah, yeah. It's oh, it's so sorry. underrated. Again, if you got Game Pass, dude, just go play it. It's it's so underrated that people haven't checked it out. It, it's yeah. fantastic. So yeah, I would I would love to see that. Uh I actually played Prey at launch and got partway into it. I'm like, uh, and then I went on to something else and never went back. And my friends kept telling me you need to play it. And when it yeah. went into Game Pass. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to commit to it. And I think it was like three hours later. I was so hooked. I play, I didn't play yeah. anything until I went all the way through Prey. So bad that Randall Thor, uh, who's in the chat, he said, Colt, you need to stop playing it because it's getting FPS boost. I go, I know, I know it's at 30, but I'm so hooked. And uh, when FPS boost came to it, I was on my last like four hours. And so I played it at 60 frames. And yeah, that's great. So Omen, a vampire game. It's just like, well, yeah, go ahead. Well, you know that the the Legacy of Kane franchise was written by Amy Hennig, one of the the core writers, but behind you know, I believe she worked on Last of Us and on Uncharted yes. for sure. And um, so yeah, she, she's the writing in that game is phenomenal. So if they're able to tell even half the story or get her involved in some way, that would just be a dream come true. I mean, haven't you guys noticed how many amazing games are in the works or IPs and franchises that are being talked about right now for the for the consoles like it's it's an ultimate like buffet of incredible games that are in the works for all consoles or for exclusives it's i don't think it's been like this in a long time no it 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 hasn't and and that's kind of the thing to see that there's so much potential just 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 right out of our reach with 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 so many of these games that we either know they're working on or is being rumored that they're working on that we can expect to come in the next you know two to three years it's yeah it's a very exciting time yeah it is so uh let's see we've got uh let's finally get to this wb thing because we're talking about all these other games like warner brothers has some of the most uh incredible ips they've got the batman series they have the shadow of mordor or shadow of war ip and a bunch of other games uh they've been talked about splitting with uh their their company and going with at&t and they've got 11 studios this is kind of a weird uh subject to talk on i don't know if we know anything that we can speak on but paris do you have any insight of what could be going on wb it's like it was rumored that xbox was looking at buying them and now they're off the shelf. Now they're on the shelf. Yeah. On? I, yeah. Today's news is a little confusing. And I admit I haven't deep dived in it too much other than it sounds like discovery, like everything's being, you know, splintered off into another company under discovery, but not all the studios are going to go on discovery. Some may not. So it, it's a little confusing 
as to ultimately what the fate is going to be of WB games. But if we go back to obviously last year when they were talking about selling, that brings up the interesting prospect, especially when you think about something like Batman and and these mm-hmm. these IPs that are you know owned you know by by DC or what, whatever the case may be. Even if let's just take say Xbox bought them, could they make Batman exclusive? Could they make Suicide mm-hmm. Squad exclusive? Something like that. I, I simply don't know. Um, if I had to guess at this point, I just think WB is just going to be under whatever Discovery is, and they'll continue doing business the way that they have. Um, and and the, these acquisition rumors probably are still just that just rumors i don't think anything's going to happen well there were there were a lot of rumors about xbox acquiring uh wb for a long time that seemed to not come to fruition we know this deal was for about 48 billion dollars it's a lot more than than 0.8 billion yeah you know for a company like that but there are a lot of uh uh megaton franchises in there, you brought up Batman, the Injustice franchise, the Mortal Kombat franchise through NetherRealm, who has been oh, partnered yeah. with WB to make those properties. Those are some of my favorite games, for example. So a lot of people are just really curious, like, what does this mean for the companies associated with? And I, I'm just going to say this all with a caveat. I have not, I'm trying to read what I can about it right now, and I, I have not had time to digest this story fully. But uh, it does potentially open the possibility to somebody saying, hey, we want those games exclusively and deals being reworked. So, Could you be. know, if you're talking about Xbox, maybe they don't buy it, but maybe they work out new exclusivity deals with some of those brands. But that would be in the future. You got to remember, this is a $48 billion acquisition. So just like with Bethesda, I don't even think that'll be complete for a year because they have to make sure that there's no like uh, monopoly or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Just, just like when Microsoft bought Bethesda. And it's just this is going to take a long time to unfold completely before we see any big results of this story. It's developing today. So, yeah, yeah. I think right. people are jumping the gun because uh, they think Xbox has got the oh, wallet out just looking for anything that's poking their head out of the water I, to, to take a bite, right? I bet they do. And I, I definitely understand why people 40, are excited and they're curious what's going to happen. Billion, about you their, said? I believe so, yeah. <laughs> hey, I've got a super chat for both of you guys. Uh, Bentley Gaming says, I'm going to read it off off screen here. Uh, get it, Colt. Love the show. Destin, love your work. Yeah, you. Destin's becoming a... Destin's already been doing things for years and years, and he's trying his hand at YouTube, and that is working pretty well. Uh, he says for Paris, try an offset smoker. Once you taste the magic of offset, you can't go back to power. <laughs> <laughs> He's bringing in the girly wars. No, I have my Traeger Ironwood 885 and, and I love it. I think, I think I'm good, but I appreciate it. Small correction uh, earlier. It's $43 billion, not 48. As oh, I said. what a discount. I, I apologize. <laughs> so like really they got a deal. Right, it's it's on special right now, you know, eight yeah. percent off. Uh, King two thousand two says IGN had an article about the WB thing. An exec at ATT said ATT saying that they want to sell half of the studios at WB, which I said are there are eleven studios. Which could they be selling? Yeah, we kind of talked about that a little bit. I mean, I know which ones we say we want them to sell. You know, sell sell WB, who's working on. Uh, I don't remember all the names. You've got WB Montreal, and I don't know who makes uh, who makes Mortal Kombat, but you know if you're Fox an Xbox fan, you want realm. yeah, another realm. Yeah, if you want, uh, if you're on Xbox, you want them to buy uh, all the big stuff. And uh, I mean, WB makes great games, so uh, so that's what's going on with WB. Not much yet, like Destin said, too early to get too crazy into that. Um, so there's a bunch of games coming. We know what's coming for the end of the year, and uh, 
we're we're rounding uh, home base here on the show, but Jason Schreier has been talking a lot about uh, what is coming and what he thinks isn't coming. He spoke up that he uh, wasn't sure that Starfield would come out this year, in his opinion. Anytime he gives his opinion, people think that it's right. supposed to be a right. fact report. Yeah. So relax, back off the guy a little bit, let him do his job. He's a writer. He, he tries to gather his information and he gets to, a, he is allowed to give his opinion, right? I mean, is, is somebody in this realm allowed to give their opinion without being attacked? I don't think so. But uh, Jason Stryer says that God of War Ragnarok, in his opinion, uh, we'll say delayed, even though uh, it, you can't give a delay to a game that doesn't have a release date. But they kind of hinted, Sony Santa Monica hinted that they want to bring Ragnarok in 2021. Jason Stryer is hearing little chirps and uh, little whispers that God of War Ragnarok is actually a 2022 game. Shocking all guys. Not at all. Yeah. (laughs) This is terrible. I mean, it's it's a COVID world. It wasn't scheduled for. Oh yeah. I I can. I got to (laughs) go. That's fine. Like just take your time and make the game. Great. Don't release it early and make it bad. Right. (laughs) Right. Pretty much. So, yeah, they've been working on the game for a while. I guess if they started, uh, the game came out in April of 2018, if I remember right. Uh, and like so that, if, yeah. if they started working on the game in the fall of 2018, you know, it hasn't been that long. So I am actually expecting, I'll get your take on this. This is an Xbox podcast, but we do like other games. Uh, I loved God of War. Uh, my Hell take yeah. is that God of War Ragnarok is built in the same engine with some great improvements. So they'll be able to build upon that foundation and make a great sequel. I think that's what we're looking at. Do you guys have an idea of what Ragnarok is supposed to be? No idea. Yeah, no no idea as far as that go. Other than, and I don't know if this is fact, but supposedly it was also going to be on PS4. So if it was, that would kind of lean towards it probably still using the same engine. Well, yeah, and that would lean into what Jim Ryan has said yeah. about their, their first year or two, that they would uh, be releasing, or they would continue to support the PS4, even though at first he said they believe generations, but it just depends on uh, the game. I think uh, Horizon Forbidden West is also releasing on the PS4 and PS4 yeah, Pro. It is. So, yeah. And I think that's a good thing. You know, Jason, oh, I'm going to say, I almost, almost said Jason Ryan. Bateman. That's, that's the actor from... <laughs> Uh, Arrested Development, Samuel Bateman of Xbox, one of the lead engineers for the Xbox Series X console. He re- he said uh, about games coming out cross-generation, he made a sarcastic tweet saying, it's so horrible that more people get to play these games right. on different consoles. And he said that it is very important right now, especially with supply problems and COVID and people's finances being compromised because of what we've gone through over the past year, a year and a half, it's very important to have accessibility in the gaming space. I'm sure you guys would not argue with me on that, right? Yeah, and you know, what, is, what does he mean by accessibility? He just means being able to access it across different platform SKUs, right? Yeah. So Xbox One, Xbox One X, Xbox Series X. And there's a big concern that games are held back by this development cycle. I think the tools have been greatly improved. Look at all the improvements especially on the Xbox platform, they just boosted a bunch of games to 120 FPS. They were able to make dramatic improvements to a lot of properties quite easily on the Xbox platform. Sony has a little bit more of a laborious process to update their games. They have to be developed in a way that's specifically targeted towards the PS5 hardware. And they're, they're probably working on that behind the scenes. Sony has been very open to 
to critical feedback about the PlayStation platform. But like, look, going back to your point about God of War, even God of War had an update for the PlayStation Five, and wow, that game is that game is so so good. I spent so much time on that. I beat it, and then I went back and I started playing on the hardest difficulty. And I think I got all the way through to the, the Thor battle on the hardest difficulty. <laughs> I remember streaming it back, back then. And uh, man, it was just so fun. The combat design is, I would say near flawless. I on, think on when, God of War. Yeah. I think when people worry about a game being held back by old hardware, they are so mis misdirected because we've seen incredible games like God of War, Red Dead Redemption two that are just yeah. amazing on base Gears. hardware. What's that? Gears, you yeah, know, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, Gears Hive Busters looks phenomenal, and it would look so good. incredible on an Xbox One X. Yeah. So uh, it, we kind of answered Chris R. He said, and Super, he said, in your opinion, will the lack of console stock increase the amount of cross-gen games? Yes, I think it's in the best interest for developers and publishers who want to sell as many games as possible. If the game doesn't compromise our artistic vision, go ahead and make an Xbox One and PS4 version. Absolutely, and I think that's what we're seeing. We are almost done with the show. I don't like to keep my guests longer than usual. I'd love to hang out with all of you guys in the chat for as long as possible. We have over 1,700 people watching live. I'll I'll reset like a radio host. Uh, This is Xbox Newscast. I'm here with Destin Legary from IGN and Paris from the new host and uh, co-host and uh, everything else he does from Kind of Funny xcast and uh we are also on spotify and apple podcasts and all that stuff so thank you for tuning in uh kasui says they shouldn't have put 2021 at the end of the tease for ragnarok yeah i know but you know developers want their game out they think it's going to be finished they're ready to show the world and have everybody enjoy it and then things come up and they need a little more time and of course A good gaming community says go for it, right? Small things might have come up in the last year or so. I'm not sure if I can put my finger on any one thing. Yeah, I'm not sure um, what it could be. Yeah, every once in a while there's (laughs) challenges. Maybe we should give them a little bit of a break. Yeah, I would really, uh, I know Destin and Paris are right, you know, backing me up on this, but do as much as you can to show positive uh, feedback and support for developers. They're they're busting their butts making games. just like we do at our jobs, working 40-hour weeks. They're building games. And they want us to just love the game like no other. And hopefully they're delivering what we want. So, Destin, what are you going to be playing this week? Uh, and tell us a little bit about uh, what your future holds in the next couple of weeks with uh, YouTube and IGN and what what are your hopes and dreams? <laughs> yeah. Hi there, everybody. I'm <laughs> Destin. And uh, yeah, uh, I record really late videos at about 1.30 in the morning when my, my son wakes up and... Uh, for his nighttime and I recorded a video about video game stuff <laughs> and my YouTube channel's been quite popular lately. So if you like that, you can check those sleep deprived videos out at youtube.com slash the Destin channel. And on IGN, uh, I have a performance review planned for the mass effect, uh, legendary edition. So keep it oh, awesome. That. I, I love doing the performance review series and I hope you guys enjoy it. You can check out my preview where I got the interview Bioware right now. Uh, what is your subscriber count at right now, Destin? Because next time I talk to you, it'll be a little bit higher. <laughs> it's at 54. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, I swear, like, uh, you were at 40, like, two weeks. Oh, you probably were at 40, like, two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. it, it's It's been insane. And just, like, if anybody's watching you, subscribe to my channel. Just thank you so much for the support. I never, ever, ever expected those to do as well as they do. And I just, I'm very uh, humbled by by the the outcry and the subscriber count. It's it's. I don't even know how to process it, honestly. Just oh yeah, we it. we hear great things, man. It's so cool to 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 
that you're just enjoying what you're doing and people are giving you positive reinforcements. Lord Circular says, great show, Colt, great panel. And good friend of mine, Gaming Addict, says, good show, Colt. Question of the panel. This is for Destin and Paris. What type of fable do you guys personally want to see? Paris, hit it first. Uh, I just want to see something that leans into what made the original fable great as far as obviously being an RPG, the, the cap recaptured that the humor that the original had. I'm, I'm sure this one coming from Playground is probably going to be a big, huge open world. So a lot of exploration, you know, to just some of the, you know, just the, the wacky stuff that makes Fable Fable. Don't don't try and be something that you're not. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. they can recapture that magic. I'd be super excited to see it. Destin, what's your Fable looking like? Yeah, so Fable had like a, a charm and, you know, sense of humor to it. But at the yeah. same time, it actually told a really dark story about uh, an orphan trying to figure out their path in the the original Fable. And I would really like to see them sort of somehow manage to encompass both of those themes in one. You know, I believe Molyneux made the first one. And yeah. he, he really, really did a fantastic job of somehow getting that style of humor but allowing you to play completely evil and sort of like, yeah. you know, we're talking about Mass Effect, have a morality system involved and your mm-hmm. character was actually affected. I would love to see a modern adaptation or an interpretation of, of what those original goals were. So for me, that would be my answer about a new fable. Uh, yeah. And it sounds like uh, both of you have probably nailed what we probably will see from fable. I, that, I, ex- I expect the same thing. Uh, Kasubi says Paris needs more subs. He's the go. Well, Paris is everywhere. He's he's not in one place. So my my <laughs> yeah, my YouTube channel my YouTube channel uh, I I fully admit I don't give it the love that that it needs. So I think I'm around twenty thousand subs, something like that. But because look, I'll fully admit here real quick. I know we're wrapping up. My full intent with that channel was to be a Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven channel. That was the whole goal oh, of it. No. So something might have happened in December that that kind of changed that. But um, you know, as we get into the rest of this year, <laughs> you you loved uh, the game, didn't you? You enjoyed um, it. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. And and part of we don't have enough time. Let's just say (laughs) it wasn't what it should have been. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I I mean, I was well aware. I still enjoyed it. But this is this is the time. This is uh, your moment. Paris, tell us like where you are, like what you're playing. I think I know what you're playing. But, you know, people have just joined the show. But uh, what are you playing and what's going on for you the next couple weeks as we're heading into Gamer Christmas? Yeah, yeah, Game of Christmas for sure. Um, so Mass Effect Legendary Edition, I've, I've definitely been playing a lot of that. Um, I've been playing a lot of Destiny 2 because I want to do Vault of Glass, so I got to get my power level up and ready to go for that. Um, what's going on with me the next few weeks? Um, there may or may not be a game that I may or may not have played that I can't talk about yet, but I will real <laughs> soon. Um so that's happening. Uh, you can find me over at Kind of Funny. Um, I'm on XCast. I'm on Gamertag Radio. And yeah, I have my own YouTube channel, which is my name, Paris, P-A-R-R-I-S. Yeah, don't forget the double R, you swine. Yeah, I always see people <laughs> misspell your name. And I heard you say, I hate it when people misspell my name. I'm like, oh. Well, my only <laughs> thing on that is I, I, I get it. People are going to misspell it, you know, yeah, from yeah. time to time. It's when people are multiple offenders. That's when it annoys. It's like, come on. You, come you on, know, do your homework. You know my name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I really appreciate you guys taking the time. Uh, I've been on many podcasts, and to sit here and do someone's show is, I'm seriously grat- gratified and gratituded up all the way. So uh, this has been Xbox Newscast. I'm Cold Eastwood, and Destin from IGN and Paris from Kind of Funny Xcast are uh, here on the show, and thanks for them for being here. Uh, we are live on YouTube every Monday night at 5 p.m. on the West Coast, 
where I say the sun sets over here and uh, we are live at 8 p.m. in the East Coast where the sun rises first. So, uh, and we're also on demand on Spotify and Apple Podcasts for people who can't catch the show super late at night. So, uh, thank you all for being here. Guys, thanks for everything. Uh, it's going to be really great. Thank you, Carl. Oh, no, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Chad. All right. Say goodbye and, uh, and give a big wave to the camera and say goodbye to everybody. And, and, and you know, be nice, guys. Oh,